follow the adventures of a librarian turned sniper, Liberty Schoenhauer, who finds that aliens started the zombie apocalypse. These things happen. She is aided by the great uncle Danny Toughest Nails, and together they try and save as many people in the book Liberty's Run. Book one is out now at Amazon and Mythmart, and book two is coming soon in August. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on our way, Watson. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 92 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa, and I am sitting on my couch, my living room, in my home. Ha ha. I actually did make it home this week. Um, now, mind you, I'm going back to my sister's tomorrow, or uh, Thursday, um, but by the time you guys hear all of this, I will be back in Grimsby. So, it was goodbye, Grimsby. For now. <laughs> now I'll be back in Grimsby on Friday. And I will be there until the 12th of June. And then, barring any unforeseen circumstances, and, you know, any problems at the border, I will be on my way to California as of the 12th of June. Almost at the 12th of July. Holy moly. No, 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 no. 12th of June. That'll be long enough. Um, okay, so before we do anything else, we will get rid of, get rid of, we'll take care of housekeeping. <laughs> we'll just get housekeeping out of the way. Um, okay, so housekeeping number one, as 2022 is the 30 year anniversary, which I've already told y'all, you know this, pay attention. Uh, Darkmouth Publications, that would be me. Will, well. And Dave, but, you know, mostly me. We'll be releasing a special hardback, he's doing all the writing, of The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of Dark Myth. Now, anybody who has worked with the company, if you have had any role whatsoever from editor, editor-in-chief, uh, columnist, cartoonist, janitor, gopher, lackey, got thrown under the bus at any sh period in time for something, whatever, got fired by the company, who cares, whatever. We want to hear from you. We want to hear, yeah, especially those, as my live studio audience says, especially those that got fired. We want to hear about your experience with working with the company. The fun you had, the fun you didn't have, um, the friendships that you made, the friendships that you lost, good, bad, and ugly. We want it. I want it. I am nosy as hell. So come on, folks. I've only been in this company. Um, I've only been aware of this company for five years. I've been in this company for four and a half, four and a quarter. I don't know. Four and a, four and change. 
it'll be four and a half in June. I've been with the company for five years as of the 28th of um, this month, the 28th of May. So, yeah, I mean, there are people out there that have been with, that have known about the company and have been involved in the company in one way, shape, or form over the last 30 years. So, let's go, people. Come on. You can send them to me at lupabardi at gmail.com if that's an easier email address to remember. Or you can send them to Dave at davidkmontoya at jazomondarkmyth.com. I spelled it for you. I spelled it out for you too podcasts ago. I'm not doing it this one. And if you've had a bad experience and you don't want to send it to Dave, oh, send him to me. Send him to me. I will. Yeah, please send him to me. <laughs> Good. I want to read him. Um, and I'll give him to Dave. So yeah, we want your stories. Uh, Mike, Jason, Kevin. Yeah, I'm calling all of you. Um, okay. So number two, it's finally official. Oh, I guess I have to keep reading to find it was finally official. Okay, it's finally official. We would like to welcome Henry. Henrik? Is that how you pronounce it? Henrik? Okay. I really should go through this beforehand. Henry Henrik to the Jasomon Darkmyth family as the new editor-in-chief of Darkmyth Comics. Woo! Round of applause. Insert crowd, insert crowd cheering here. Um, welcome to the family, Henry. Okay, number three, New Wave Comics is looking for submissions for its comedy parody magazine, Durr. Now, if you've ever read Mad Magazine, if you've ever read Cracked Magazine, back in the 80s and the 90s, you know what we're talking about. If you are a Gen Xer with a I have no boots left to give attitude, we want your stuff. <laughs> Okay, this is not going to be for the faint of heart or easily offended. <laughs> I have seen the cover. Trust me, this is not for the easily offended. I know some of the columns, some of the cartoons that are going to be involved in this. This is not for the easily offended. And I am way more than excited to see the finished product. I will be submitting a piece in July for um, consideration. Yeah, and that's something I want to let you guys know. Like, just because I work for the company and this is something being produced by a division of the company doesn't mean I'm automatically in. So if you see stuff in the magazine from like Dave or from Chris or from Walter or from Kevin, it's because they've earned that spot. Not because they just get that spot because um, they're part of the company. So I have to submit. I have to submit to Durr magazine. Um, and fingers crossed, hope that my idea gets accepted. I'm not going to tell you what it is until it has been accepted. Um, so fingers crossed, pray for me. So yeah, if you want to send something in, send inquiries to John at jk.art75 at gmail.com. That's jk.art75 at gmail.com. All right, number four, reminder for the open contract challenges, 11 contestants. The round closes on June 10th, so get those chapters in. Remember, it can be any chapter in the book. If you have an incredible ending chapter where you're wrapping up all those loose ends, you're finishing up the story, and all the action is kind of culminating to this big grand finish, send that in. Because I can guarantee you, if you were to send me the final chapter of your book, I would want all the other previous chapters 
to find out how we got to where we were. I, I mean, that's one of the biggest things for me. I love shows like that, that start at the ending. And then they go back and they tell you the story. So, yeah, send your chapters in, okay? Find the best chapter you've got, polish it up to the best of your ability, and send it in. Only five out of those 11 will go in. Um, good luck. All right, number five, Myth Mart. Myth Mart West Coast nominee for executive... Ex Let's try that again. Rewind. Myth Mart West Coast nominee for executive director has been approved by the board of directors and a contract will be drawn up this week as a part of the company's global expansion project. Yeah, peeps, we are expanding. We are growing. You don't see all the stuff in the background, but yeah, we're, we're got COVID-19 just spreading out all over the place. <laughs> Excuse me for a minute. <clears throat> I still have a, a rival. It's the cold that never ends. All right, number six. On the PCE 2022 front, we are still awaiting information for the agent from the agent for the venue. And then we um, have had a tentative, uh, and I say tentative because I have a list of negotiations, um, a tentative price that we are going to negotiate and discuss. So um, things are starting to move in that direction. Uh, negotiations will start happening. And yeah, I will have more information for you soon. Fingers crossed. Okay, so number seven. As stated last week, Outsider Distribution's director, Christopher Harris, began his daunting task of contacting over 600 brick-and-mortar bookstores worldwide to, beginning, to begin building <laughs> our distribution. As of Sunday, it was reported that Mr. Harris has already contacted about 200 of those contacts. Well done, Chris. All right, number eight, Dave has announced that the board of directors will be separated into not one, not three, but two boards and one committee. Yep. I only have to be there for two. <laughs> I do not have to be there for all three. I only have to be there for two. Um, we are going to have an advisory committee, which is headed by Alan Russo and will be involved in a monthly analysis of the company reporting any problems or flaws that they spot, which means every division of this company is going to be under scrutiny. So you're going to start to see some changes. You're going to start to see some possible speed bumps. Uh, growing. We're going to experience some growing pains because each of us in our own divisions think our division runs like a well-oiled machine. We are now going to have outsiders looking at that well-oiled machine and going, you're missing a cog in that well-oiled machine. So we want to improve. We want to be the best company we can be. And this is how we're going to do it. Um, in turn, the chairman of the committee will, set, will sit on the board of directors and report those findings monthly at each board meeting. And then, of course, you know, boxing gloves will come on and each division will fight for their right to whatever and <laughs> party. <laughs> And the advisory board will go, no, no, this is what you hired us to do. And each division will hang their heads in shame and make the appropriate changes or um, 
compromise. I was having a hard time coming up with that word. Maybe it's because I have a hard time doing it. Uh, we'll compromise and come up with the best possible solution. Now, next is the leadership board. Walter G. Esselman, our very own, uh, will be the chairman and will meet with the leadership board members, the managers and directors of each division of the company. I am one of them and gather monthly information based on their reports. Then we'll return with that information to the board of directors. And finally, the board of directors who are formed from the company's executive officers and the chair from each outside group. Together, they will discuss the company as a whole. And that is your housekeeping for this week. Also, in three weeks, and I'll probably tell you again next week, and I'll tell you again the week after, and you will probably get a podcast actually from the road, because I'm pretty sure if I leave on sun on the Sunday, I will be on the road. Um, you'll probably, I'll probably podcast on the Monday because I will, the final leg of my journey will be, depending on how many stops I make along the way, will be on Tuesday. So I will be dog dead tired by the time I reach Dave's house on Tuesday and we'll be lucky if I can manage to put one foot in front of the other. Never mind string words together for 45 minutes that are coherent, huh? Or make it up the stairs. I might just sleep on his couch or, you know, <laughs> fall down and have him carry me upstairs. <laughs> I'm little. He could do that. Anyway, um, I'm going to be in the United States. I'm going to be crossing into the United States on the 12th of June. So before that, I will have my, because it's, I'm just kind of anal retentive that way, I will have my entire trip mapped out. So you will know what states I'm going to be crossing into. If you happen to be in one of those states and you are near the highway that I will be driving down, we probably could um, make arrangements to meet somewhere for a photo op, maybe a sound bite or two. Yeah, Kevin, I'm talking to you. I will probably be passing. I will more than likely be passing through Indiana. Um, Walter, I'm pretty sure I'm going to cross the border in Detroit. Uh, then again, John, I might be crossing in New York. It all depends on how brave I feel. If I feel brave, then it'll be Detroit. If I don't, it'll be New York. <laughs> so it'll be the Ambassador Bridge or it'll be the Queenston-Lewiston Bridge. I'm not sure yet. Oh, wait, no. The rain no, the rain that's right. The Rainbow Bridge is Niagara Falls, which is still New York. Um, and then if I go down a little farther into Sarnia, I would cross in Sarnia and that will bring me, will spit me out into Detroit. And that is no fun. Um, coming across from the States wasn't too bad because it kind of all funnels into the 401. Uh, but when you cross into the States, that one highway that you're on, that two lane highway that you're on suddenly splits into 12 different highways. <laughs> There's highway 10 and highway 15 and highway 95 and highway 64. And you got to try. And there's no lines. There are no lines on the road. There's nothing on the road. Everybody just gets spit out from the booth willy-nilly 
And you're all kind of like fighting for where you think you're supposed to be. And, oh yeah, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. <laughs> now the Queenston-Lewiston Bridge, there isn't even a bridge. There's no bridge. It's just the Queenston-Lewiston Crossing. And you come up to it and there's like three booths maybe. And you get spit out into this little road and you drive along. And the next thing you know is you see a sign that says, welcome to New York. It's it's easy peasy. So I might do that because this will be the first time in 18 years that I will have made a long trip like this by myself. And this will be the longest. Um, yeah, this will be the longest trip that I will have made by driving by myself. So, yeah, I'll admit a little apprehensive about it. A little concerned about, you know, gas prices and um, finding a, a cheap hotel that, you know, I'm not going to end up leaving with bed bugs or, you know, get robbed. Uh, <laughs> you know, these things. Um, uh, what? He wouldn't have to. Because that would be like the first four. Uh, he made a suggestion a mutual friend of ours would put me up for the night. But unfortunately, that mutual friend of ours is right across the border. So that would be within the first three hours of my trip. Three or four hours of my trip. I would be out of the state before I would probably be two states over before I would need to stop for the night. Um, but yeah, I will let you guys know whereabouts I'm going to be. Um, not maybe not necessarily when I'm going to be there, but you know, generally I'm going to be passing through these states. And if it happens to be near you, then I have to pee at some point. I'm sure I could plan a pee stop and we could meet up and have a coffee and, and a hug and a, Hey, how are you? And all that good photo up, you know? Yeah. Lupus traveling roadshow. <laughs> I might actually just do that, you know, do a lupus bits, um, but the, the traveling road show and make an entire podcast of snippets from me in the car and, you know, stopping for the night and the, the, the towns that we go through. I remember I, the thing that I forgot to tell you guys that I was trying to remember to tell you. Um, and I don't think I did when I was, when I was discussing the trip coming home is we found Waldo. We solved the eternal question of where's Waldo. We found him. We found Waldo. He is uh, just north of Atlanta. There's a little town called Waldo. And yeah, we found him. We found Waldo. It was kind of funny. So anyway. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a fun trip. And I'm excited. I'm going to be leaving for my sisters because my sisters is closer to the border. And um, like she's like 20 minutes, I think, from the border. So, and I mean, she broke her toe. Yes, she broke her toe. And I'm like, you're all going, okay, she broke her toe. You don't understand. She broke her big toe. Now, try and walk without your big toe. You can't. Your big toe is actually there for a reason. You could lose one of your other toes and it wouldn't really matter. Um, you could just wear a size smaller shoe. But your big toe is your balance. You use your big toe for balance and for steadying and for walking. And it's very difficult to walk without your big toe. And she's got this big old boot on her foot. Yes, I know. You're going, why don't you give her a boot for a toe? Because it's her big toe. And she split it in half. <laughs> and she dropped 
the she's got this um oven it's a really nice oven it's a confection oven and it's got these really nice and it's like they're two two ovens one on top of the other and it has this one really nice tray in each rack in each oven and you pull it out and then you can pull it out again like it slides out on this extending rack so you can baste and flip and do whatever you need to do without having your glasses steam up really nice well they're selling their house so everything has to be perfect especially in my sister's eyes everything has to be perfect um and she was cleaning the racks and she picked the two of them up and i think what happened is the rack separated like it slid on its track and when it went to, she dropped it when it did that and it yeah landed on her toe and broke it and I have never heard I mean I was there when my sister was in labor with my nephew and I have never heard sounds like this come out of my sister not even when she was trying to push his big old head out of her body um she didn't make sounds like this and she just crumpled into this little tiny ball my poor brother-in-law is kind of dancing around her not knowing exactly what to do it looked like he was just going to scoop her up in the ball that she was in because she's really tiny. She's tall, but she's really tiny. Um, so he, <laughs> he had to stop first the noise coming out of her and he doesn't do well when she cries because she's not one to cry. I mean, this woman has nerves of steel and skin thicker than an alligator's. Okay, my sister worked in the NICU with severely, severely sick babies. And she could walk out of there and not shed a tear because she had toughened herself up. She could disengage herself from the emotions of what she was doing. And a lot of people don't have that for... No way, man. I could not do it. I could not do it. No way. So to see her crying, it just, it, it breaks you. And he's like, he didn't know what to do. So what does he do? He mixes her a triple rum and coke. <laughs> Here, drink this. <coughs> and she was in so much pain that she did. She drank it. And about 10 minutes later, she looks at me and she goes, I think I'm drunk. <laughs> yeah, I think you are. She was giggling. How's your foot feel? I don't care. <laughs> it was hilarious because, I mean, my sister was never a big drinker to begin with. Um, I mean, she would drink. She had her you know, nights where she drank too much, but she wasn't a big partier. None of us were. Um, and, but she has been pregnant or nursing for the last five years. <laughs> She's had a glass of wine here or there, and that's it. So having a triple rum and coke, where there's more rum than there is coke, coke was added for color. That was it. That was that was all the coke was there for, was a little bit of color. She was bombed. <laughs> so we spent the next two hours uh, waiting until, well, three hours, I think it was, waiting until she was, you know, undrunk enough that she could go to the hospital because they would just looked at her and went, oh, honey, you're fine. Go home. There's nothing we can do for you. You're drunk. Go home. So she needed to sober up a little bit before I could take her to the hospital. So I think it was, well, it was more than two or three hours 
she did it in the afternoon and she didn't end up going to the hospital until like nine o'clock that night. Let me see, nine till 10, 12, 12 till one, one till two. Yeah. So it was about eight thirty, nine o'clock when she was finally, because she comes hobbling into the, the living room. I'm cleaning up the toys. She comes hobbling into the living room. She looks at me. She goes, I think I'm sober. How do you know that you're sober? She says, because my toe hurts. Okay, time to go to the hospital. Let's let's look at it. Her whole entire foot had swollen from the toe on. <laughs> like, it was just like the toe ran out of room to swell, so we just spread it to the rest of the foot. So I take her up there, and, you know, still it's still COVID rules. I can't sit in there with her. And we weren't sure how long she was going to be there. So um, I had to go back to the house in case the baby woke up. What are you doing? I have a co-host and I will explain my co-host in a minute. Um, <laughs> she looks ridiculous. Anyway. Um, so I drop her off at the hospital. Now, coming up to the Grimsby Hospital, this is a small town hospital, okay? And I'm coming up the driveway and I'm looking at my sister and I'm looking at the entrance and I'm like, are you sure that's the entrance? She's like, yeah, you have to go up the hill. And I'm like, Heather, you're still drunk. That's not a hill. That's a freaking wall. She's like, no, 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 it's a hill. I'm like, no, it's not. It's a wall. It looks like the hill is like a 90 degree angle. It is an incredible Optical illusion. Because until you get to the bottom and realize that it doesn't necessarily go straight up, there is a slight angle to it. But when you're first coming in, it looks like a wall. And I'm like, how do I get up there? She's like, just keep driving. It's a hill. No, it's not. It's a wall. <laughs> it's a wall made of road. And she's like, no, it's a hill. I swear. All right. So I drop her off and I leave. Go back to the house. It's like a two-minute drive. And finished doing what I was doing, you know, finished the painting that I was doing and cleaned everything up. And then I was talking to Dave on the phone. Um, and of course, you know, baby wakes up for her, I think it was 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock feeding. Maybe it was midnight, something like that. She wakes up. So I go upstairs, sneak into the bedroom, scoop the baby out of the playpen because she's sleeping in a playpen because they took the crib down so that the bedroom would look bigger for people coming through. So she's sleeping in a playpen that we break down every day and put away. Hello. Um, take her downstairs. And of course, you know, she's like, Ooh, Aunt Teffy's got me time to play. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not. Put your head down and go to sleep. Uh, and she's singing to me and she's sticking her tongue out. She has got the longest tongue. I swear. And she's doing like her Gene Simmons impersonation and, um, I'm texting my sister going, yeah, baby's awake. And Heather's like, I haven't even been triaged yet. I'm like, you've been there for four hours. She's like, I know. Like, what do you mean you haven't been triaged yet? Um, there were 14 people in the waiting room when she arrived at the hospital. So again, Aunt Teffy's arms of sleepiness, win, rock her back to sleep, carry her upstairs, put her back in her bed. And then, um, I'm chatting with my sister and she, she's like, I guess about one o'clock in the morning. She's like, okay, so they sent me for x-ray and I'm finally in the back. Um, when I get out of here, how about we make a McDonald's run? I'm like, ooh, midnight nuggies. All right, I'm in. I'm totally down for McNuggets. I can eat a nugget. I'm good. Like, I don't like McNuggets during the day. I don't know why. I just, you know, I'm not a big nugget fan. You give me a nugget after 1 a.m. and it is like, 
It is like chocolate. It is the best tasting nugget ever. I will eat a box of 10 without taking a breath. They're just gone. They're so good. I think maybe it's because they're made fresh. Like they get the order and they make them like right away. And they were fresh French fries. So for, okay, so she's sitting in there and we're like, well, what's open? Because we thought the one in Grimsby was 24 hours. Apparently it's not. Um, so then we thought the one, there's another one in um, uh, just outside of Stony Creek in Tapley Town that I know is 24 hours because when I was working at the house in Stony Creek, Midnight run to McDonald's. <laughs> you know, we'd finish work for the day and he'd be like, we're hungry. All we have is like cookable stuff. Let's go to McDonald's and get a large fry. Um, so I knew that one was open. And she's like, well, that one's like 20 minutes away. That's too far. What if the baby wakes up? Okay. So we're looking and we're looking. We found one in Beansville that was like five minutes away. It was open. The drive-thru was open 24 hours. So I'm like, okay, the baby's sleeping. I sneak. She says, okay, I'm done. Doctor's been in. It's broken. I'm just waiting for a boot and crutches. Okay, I'm on my way. So jump in the car, going up. And of course, I'm driving up the wall to the entrance of the Emerge to pick her up. She comes flailing. <laughs> okay, picture somebody with downhill skis going down the hill with the poles flailing along beside them. All right. That is how my sister came out of the hospital with the crutches flailing along beside her. She can't walk on crutches. I can't walk on crutches. It's hilarious. Neither one of us can downhill ski with poles. You put poles in our hands and we will fall. We will tumble. We will trip. You take the poles out of our hands and we will go down that hill. Not a problem. We will not fall. We will hit every mogul. Make every turn. We will do the pizza stop. The whole nine yards. But don't give us poles. We are useless with poles. So she comes out and like, Poles are going everywhere. And she comes out with this other chick that was in there waiting as well and had been discharged as well. And as soon as I pull up, I roll the window down and I am just like, I'm roaring. And she looks at the girl and she goes, see, I told you she was going to laugh at me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then I start, I thought I was being nice. I figured I didn't want her to have to walk all the way around the car. So I start backing up the car. Well, she thinks I'm backing up to make her walk farther, so she's now yelling at me to stop <laughs> And I'm laughing too hard to actually, like, consciously be aware of taking my foot off the gas and putting it on the brake and stopping the car. So now I'm going down the wall. And she's like, would you stop? I can't do a hill with crutches. So I get her in the car. And still no text message from Scott, so we are assuming baby is still sleeping. Off we go, like a bat out of hell to the McDonald's. <laughs> we get to the McDonald's, get our order, and she's like, it's going to be a few minutes for the McNuggets. What? <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> I just want McNuggets. I don't care about the fries. I don't care about the drink. I just want the McNuggets. Just give me the nuggies. It's only going to be a few minutes. Well, how long is a few minutes? It'll be three minutes. Well, we're still at the speaker box. Okay, fine. By the time we get around to the window and I pay and you give me the Big Mac and you give me the fries and you give me the drinks, my nuggets will be ready and they were relatively um my sister wanted a big mac i couldn't eat something that big i just wanted my nuggies get mcdonald's and we're trying to eat the french fries <laughs> now these are french fries that i swear they like scooped them out of the oil put them in the thing and handed them to us there was no wait time these things were still sizzling as we're putting them in our mouths <laughs> and we're like hoo, ha, hoo, ha, 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 
<laughs> like fries are flying all over my car because they're hot, but we're still putting them in our mouths. <laughs> we're killing ourselves laughing the entire time. And uh, so we get back to the house and we eat and, you know, the baby finally wakes up. She goes upstairs. I go down the hall to my room upstairs. And yeah, it was, it was a fun night. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was a fun night. The next day, she's like, <laughs> she's every 10 minutes. Um, once like she'd slept and she'd gotten over the shock of it and, um, she didn't feel ill anymore because when you break a bone, it releases bone marrow into your bloodstream. And that's where you get the, that you're not nauseous from the pain. You're nauseous from the marrow in your system. It makes you feel sick. It makes you want to throw up. Um, generally food helps. So anyway, uh, when she didn't feel sick the next day and she was all okay, it was just hurting. Um, and she, she wasn't given it. She didn't take any pain medication because she's still nursing my niece. So it's not like she can take a bunch of morphine or, you know, hydrocodone or anything like that. She's surviving on Tylenol, which she wouldn't take. She's like me. <laughs> well, if you feel that bad, go take some Tylenol. Yeah, I will. Next time I go upstairs, I'll get some. Three hours later, she's like, ow! Did you take your Tylenol? No. <laughs> you know, and, and I pulled the exact same thing last night. Was it last night? Two days ago. Two days ago. I, I, I finally broke down and realized I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I don't have to tough it out. But that's my generation. That's the Gen X generation. We were taught, suck it up, tough it out, push through, continue on. So that's kind of what I was doing with the pain in my arms and like my elbows and my wrists and my hands. Like my hands were super swollen. And I'm just like, I'll just, I'll tough it out. It'll go down. It'll go away. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And I thought, you know, it's probably because of the bed I'm sleeping in. Once I get home in my own bed. My arms won't be going numb every night. And then I was waking up and my arms were still numb. <laughs> um, and I decided that's it. I don't, I got nothing to prove. I'm in pain. I'm going to go get something to make that pain go away. Because then I can continue on and be better than I am when I'm trying to push through in pain. I could do more when I'm not in pain. So yeah, I went and got me some naproxen. So that, that is helping tremendously. Still woke up like, numerous times last night because my arms fell asleep um and i'm very you know it, it's a very upsetting thing when you wake up because your arms have fallen asleep and you're looking at both your arms going i hope you're having a good nap because i'm not you're rather uncomfortable because they're all pins and needles and aching and you know my fingers and my hands are ice cold because there's no circulation to them now because they've gone to sleep so yeah it's rather upsetting so my co-host, and I remembered my co-host because she's curled up here beside me on the couch with her head under my boob, um, curled up into a little ball, sound asleep. I have my sister's dog. Now, my sister's dog is a German short-haired pointer. Hi. <laughs> I am getting the evil eye from said dog. I didn't say your name. How do you know I'm talking about you? I'm getting the evil eye right now because I woke her up. Stick her head. She, we're usually in bed by this time, so she's not happy that she's still out here on the couch. The other night, when I was up this late, she just took herself off to bed. <laughs> I'm looking around. She's not on the couch. 
She's not on the floor. I look in the bedroom, and there she is. She, she's made herself a nest out of all of my pillows. And she goes and she has her afternoon nap in there, and she sleeps on the pillows, like buried in the pillows. And when you go in, it's like, where's the dog? And her head will pop up. I mean, she's not a small dog, but I have 11 pillows on my bed. So, like, her head pops up from this nest of pillows. And I have a video of her, and she's you see her body kind of lying in the pillows, and you're not sure which end is which. And I'm like, I've lost the dog. And she looks up over her shoulder at me, shoots me a death glare. Like, Crystal quoted it the best. You bother me, peasant. And then put her head back down and went back to sleep. And that is the look that I'm getting right now. Because she is dog tired. Aren't you? It's past your bedtime. Go to bed. And she's lying because she needs to be, like, on me, touching me some, like, all the time. She needs to be touching me. So she's lying with her head on the edge of the couch. So she can't actually put her head down. Or <laughs> she'll fall off the couch. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so 7 o'clock this morning, I woke up because my left arm had gone to sleep and I needed to roll over. Well, as I'm rolling over, I hear this scuffling on the bed and I can feel the dog moving and repositioning and then all of a sudden I hear this thump <laughs> and I hear her stand up shake herself off and jump back because she slid she was wiggling around so much in her sleep she slid right off the side of the bed onto the floor what <laughs> I'm just telling you you can see this right now the look of she, she's she's appalled that I just told you that story. <laughs> oh, now she's leaving. She's, she's gone. She's going to go sit. She's, okay, my chair and my kitchen table is her favorite seat in the entire apartment. She sits on that chair like the princess that she is, and she surveys her kingdom below. And she will watch. At first, I thought she was just barking at everybody, but she's not. She's a very discernible barker. She doesn't bark at every person going down the street. Just the ones that she seems to think are not behaving in a proper human-like manner. And she will give them a little growl to tell them, kind of straighten up, you're not acting right. And if they don't, because I watched it, I went and looked out the window what she was growling at. And there was a bunch of teenagers out there acting up. And she was growling at them. And then they started being stupid with the flagpole. I don't know what they were doing. Um, and she barked at him, scared the living daylight because she's got a really loud, really deep bark. Yep. Oh, okay. I thought she was going. She looked into the bedroom. Nope. She's back here on the couch with me. So she scared the hell out of them. But yeah, she's been with me. We, she came home with me on Sunday because with my sister's broken toe and being in a boot, she's a very slow mover. She has three kids under the age of four. My nephew is four, my niece is two, and my other niece is ten months. And a husband to try and organize and get out of the house every time there's a showing. So Monday morning, or no, we left Saturday. That's right. We left Saturday night. Monday, Sunday morning, there was a showing at 10 a.m. And she knows her family. She knows there is absolutely no way if they got up, at, even if they got up at 8 o'clock, there was no way that they could all be fed, everything cleaned up, everybody dressed, and out the door in two hours. It was not going to happen. Not in a million years. When my sister needs to be someplace at a certain time, she starts the day before. 
because then she knows she might get there at the right time. Um, so I said to her, they were trying to find a place to send the dog or somebody to take the dog for a day or two while they had the, or for Sunday at least, while they had the showing in the open house. And then um, I was going to come back Monday and bring the dog back because uh, I, because nobody else would take her. Like they didn't know of anybody else. Um, and they couldn't ask Scott's sister again because she had just had her for a couple of days so that we could get the work done. And um, she broke her aunt Lindsay. Yep. Lindsay said, Nope, not doing it. Don't ask me to do this again for a while. I just, no, I can't. I won't. I need, I need a vacation now. I need to Zen. I need, you know, like therapeutic massage. I need something. So I'm like, okay, you know what? She's not that bad. I'll take her. I'll bring her home. And she is a lot of work. She, because she's not two yet. She's still like a year old. So she still ha is very high energy. And she's a German short-haired pointer. They are high energy dogs. So yeah, we have psycho crazy puppy hour about three times a day. And I, I said that to my sister earlier. It was like 9.30 at night. And we were chatting. And I'm like, okay, I got to go now. And she says, well, are you going to bed? And I said, no, it's psycho crazy puppy hour. I need to throw a chicken. And she's like, you need to what? I said, I need to throw a squeaky chicken for 20 minutes. Uh, okay, she says. <laughs> she's got the, Piper has this little chicken. It's a little round chicken. It's a stuffed chicken that squeaks. And when she wants to play, she will bring me the squeaky chicken and I will throw the squeaky chicken and I'll throw it up straight up in the air and she'll leap into the air and catch it. And she's really rather good at it. And then she needs to be walked at a minimum twice a day. Um, I take her out in the morning when we wake up. She lets me pee. She lets me make my cup of coffee. She lets me have at least three sips out of that cup of coffee. Before she starts running to the door, to the window, to the door, to the window, crying, I got to pee. You know, and I swear if she could cross her legs and do the pee-pee dance, she would. And I tried ignoring her this morning so I could get at least a full cup of coffee in me. And her route went from door, window, door, window, door, window, me. Window, door, window, door, window, door, me. Door, window. And she would come over and like stare at me. Are you not understanding what I'm trying to tell you? I'm showing you the outside and I'm showing you the way to get to the outside. Let's go. <laughs> like she'd go to the window and look out the window at the outside and she'd go to the apartment door. This is how we get to the outside. And then she would come and look at me like, do you understand me now? <laughs> I have to pee. So I put my slippers on, put my big purple sweater on, took her out back. She peed. I'm like, okay, that's going to hold you for a minute. Let's go back upstairs. I need to finish my coffee before I can walk you down the street a block and a half to your favorite poo spot. So then she lets me have the rest of my coffee before she starts her. I got to poop now. I, I Let's go. Let's go. Let's go for my walk. So then I will get dressed and actually put real pants on and shoes. I won't traipse down the sidewalk in my slippers. I did traipse down the sidewalk earlier tonight for her last walk of the night in my what Dave calls my pajama pants. But it's a small town. All the stores were closed. There was nobody on the sidewalk and nobody saw me in said pants. They're stretchy pants. They're plaid stretchy pants. They're not pajama pants, but he seems to think they look like pajama pants. 
and he will not let me wear them in public when we are together. <laughs> and oh, the, the 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 biggest insult to him would be to wear said pants and flip flops. <laughs> and try and go out the door with him. <laughs> I've actually tried that. It was rather funny. <laughs> I thought he was going to faint dead away. Oh no, he says, you're not wearing that. No, no, no. You need to go change. So, yeah. Um, I took her for her walk down to the little park and she pooped. I cleaned it up and we walked back. And then, um, I guess it was about 1130. Yeah, it was about 1130 my time. Midnight, 1130, 12 o'clock. Took her out for her last pee out back. And now she's she's ready for bed. So she's she's in her nighttime sleep. I know when I go to go to bed and she gets up on the bed, she'll all of a sudden be awake and she will want to be on me and jumping on me and jumping off the bed and on the bed and off the bed and on the bed and all around the bed. Um, but I think I'm going to do the same trick I did last night. We took a piece of rawhide to bed. And she threw it on the floor when she was done with it. So I didn't have to worry about rolling over and ending up with this rawhide bone up my butt. It was great. Um, so I think I'm going to take a piece of her rawhide to bed with us tonight and she can chew on that while um, I'm like getting sleepy. So instead of her jumping on me or trying, she, and she's strong. Like for a skinny dog, she has got some strength behind her. When she doesn't want to move, it's like trying to move a freaking boulder. She's like just solid. Boom, I'm there. You're not moving me. You can't move me. Like, she doesn't push against you. She doesn't, like, force you. She just is there. And when she wants to be on you, if she gets you at the right angle where you don't, you're not at the right angle for your arms to push her off, you're screwed. She will pin you down. When she wants to lie on you and snuggle, that's it. You're done. You might as well just sit there and let her do it until she's finished. And she just, she puts her head on your, on your shoulder or on your chest and just, she's there. And then she'll like shove her head up underneath your chin. Please make sure you're not talking when she does this or you will bite your tongue. Been there, done that. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> I bit my tongue a couple of times, but she's really, she's been really good. Like she hasn't eaten anything that's mine. Touch wood. Although I have come back out of the bathroom and found the pillows off my bed in the middle of my living room floor. Um, she was doing obscene things to one of my decorative pillows the other night. We had to have a conversation about that. And they have been put away now. <laughs> they have been violated and they have been put away. But she'll throw the pillows around. Um, I'll go in and like all the pillows will be on the floor. And she'll be lying in the middle of the bed looking at me like, what? I didn't do nothing. They just fell. Um... Or she'll drag the biggest, fluffiest, fattest pillow that I have. She'll bring it out into the living room and then she'll worry it, like fling it back and forth. Like, you know, she's trying to kill it or something. Like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing to my pillow? That, no, that can't happen. You can't do that to my pillow. So apparently I, there's a specific collar that I'm supposed to walk her with because she slipped her collar the other day and like my heart leapt out of my face, like out of my chest, up my throat, out my mouth. My heart it looked like a cartoon. I swear it must've looked like a cartoon. My eyes bugged out. 
because somebody came out of Service Ontario, scared the hell right out of her. And she backed up so quickly that her head slipped right out of her collar. And I'm standing there with this call, this dogless collar and this free-range dog all of a sudden. And I, I, I snapped at her to get her attention. Like, I used my, my no-no voice before she realized she was free and wrapped my legs around her and got a hold of her before she realized... Ooh, I am free range. I can run. And got her collar back on her. And I took the leash and I made a slip knot out of the leash. Because one of the things that she has a problem with when walking is she likes to pull. And she pulls me down the street. Well, no, that is not how Aunt Teffy walks. And when I was working with her uh, way back in... June and July of last year, I had her to where she wasn't pulling as much. She was getting better at walking, but then my sister came home and I left and my sister couldn't work with her. My brother-in-law was working six days a week and the idiot that they have rooming there that was supposed to be walking her hates dogs anyway and wouldn't work with her. He's a cat person. Yeah, I can see why. Anyway. So, all of the training that I had done with her, out the window. So, having the slipknot collar, when she pulls on the leash, it chokes her. She doesn't like that. <laughs> her tongue's hanging out of her mouth. And Come here. And I can pull her back and, you know, make her walk beside me. And she's getting better. She She pulls, but she's not yanking me down the street now. Because she pulled me down the stairs the other day and I had bruises all down my right leg where, you know, I bounced off about three stairs with my shins. I was not happy. Um, unfortunately, the dog was trapped at the bottom of the stairs because there's a door. And when she realized that what she had done and that, you know, Aunt Teffy wasn't happy and there was a door there, she couldn't get away. She peed on the floor because she was afraid. <laughs> she knew she was in trouble. So, yeah, she pulled me up the stairs. Um, the same day, pulled me up the stairs too. So now when we come in the door, I just let the leash go and she goes up the stairs. I talked to my landlady today and told her, you know, like, she's not my dog. She's my sister's dog. I know the, the lease says no perts, meaning no pets. Um, so I'm just dog sitting. I'm not here long enough. I'm not home long enough to have a dog or a cat or, you know, even plants. My plants are looking pretty sad. <laughs> I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do what my grandma used to do. My grandma used to go to the cottage for the summer and she would take all of the plants in her house. She would fill her bathtub up about three with about three inches of water and she would place all of her plants into her bathtub. Well, I don't have a bathtub, but I have a big old kitchen sink and I only have one, two, three, four plants. So I can sit all of my plants. Sorry, she's dreaming. And I'm waiting because she's dreaming about running. So her back leg is going to kick me very, very soon. Um, I can put all of my plants in my kitchen sink, put water in my kitchen sink, and they should be fine till I come home in whenever I come home. So, yeah, we're, that's what we're going to that's what we're going to hope for. If they die, well, then I'll buy plastic because I'm not home long enough. Nor do I care to be home long enough to nurture plants. I don't want to nurture plants. I, I, I like to travel. 
and I can't take my plants with me when I travel. So, you know, sacrifices have to be made. Um, I don't cook enough when I'm home to worry about having an aloe vera plant. It's nice to have an aloe vera plant. I've, I've starved several aloe vera plants um, and brought them back from the brink of death. So I'm not worried about my aloe plant. It's, it'll be fine. Vera will be fine. Uh, Stella, I'm not so sure. She's looking a little slim. We'll see. But, yeah, they'll be all right. My Flaming Katie is still sort of, she's she's got a spark. She's got a flicker. <laughs> she's not as flaming as she was. She's kind of flickering. <coughs> but they were all like this when I came back from Florida. So uh, the caretaker of my plants was not a very good caretaker of my plants. He kept them, like, you know, on life support. They were still they were still semi alive when I got home. Holy jumping dog, you good? Her whole body is twitching. But we went for three walks today, so. But yeah, she's uh, she's a lot of work. She's a lot of work, but she's a really good dog. Like she listens, and she just she's a lot of work because she it's like having a toddler. You have to entertain her. She gets bored. She doesn't want to just sleep all day. So you got to walk her. And I live in an apartment building, like in an apartment, 17 stairs up. I'm on the top floor. It's not like I can just open my back door and let her out, which would have been convenient. Really would have been convenient. But, you know, I have to take her out in the morning. I have to take her out two or three times during the day to take her out at bedtime or she'll have me up at the, you know, crack of crazy wanting to go out because she's used to getting up at five o'clock in the morning. So, but yeah, I think I'm going to miss her because I'm going to miss that body in the bed with me. It's kind of nice having that dog sleeping up against me again, but come June 12th, that won't be a problem. <laughs> well, June 14th, I was driving on June 12th. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'll be taking her home. I'll be going back to my sister's. Either the 25th, which is today, because uh, I always record late at night, or the 26th. And then 14 days from there or so, might be sooner, all depends. I might just, you know, decide one day, that's it, I'm out, pack up my car and go. Um, depends on how well my sister's doing. If she's doing really well and if she's getting around, like I asked her today how her foot was. She says it's not bad. Um, you know, once everything is completely done and there's no more painting, um, I think we're pretty much done with it. I hope we're pretty much done with the painting. Um, and there's just like little things to do get them all done and then once the house is in perfect working and we've decided which my sister said if we hadn't been thinking I could have done this a long time ago um originally we had I had suggested moving down into my mother's room because my mother has moved out I'm sorry um yes I just apologized to the dog that disturbed her originally I had suggested moving down into my mother's room and then um, Scott's sister and her boyfriend were coming for the weekend because they were coming to help. So I continued to sleep in my nephew's bed. Now, you have to remember, this bed is like not even a full shoe. Well, just a little bit over a shoe size. Shoe height. Like I, I, I leaned my shoe 
toe to heel up against the side of the bed to show Dave how low to the floor this bed is. And it's like really hard. It's a toddler bed. And um, so they came and they stayed in my mom in my mom's room. And then they left and I continued to stay in my nephew's room. So I said to my sister when I left, I said, when I come back or I said to her the other day, you know, I'll just move into mom's room. And then when somebody's coming for a showing, I can just slide my my suitcases under the bed. She's like, oh, that's a great idea. Why didn't we think of this beforehand? You could have moved down there long ago. And I'm like, I know. I could have been sleeping in a decent bed with a door that, like, closes. And, like, away <laughs> from people, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I could talk and not have to be quiet. I mean, I don't have to be quiet because they've raised their children to sleep through anything. But I don't sleep through everything and you know between 7 30 and 8 o'clock every morning there's this scraping on my door and it's this little hand that's rubbing the outside of the door as she's hollering down the hallway dada dada oh i'm sorry put your head down we're not calling your dada no we're not go sleep uh no he's not here the dog thinks I'm calling my brother-in-law because that's what my nephew and my nieces call him. So when I said it, she popped her head up and looked at me like, he's here? Where? Um, but yeah, my niece would wake me up every morning and I would roll over, snuggle back under the blankets and go, no, I'm old. This is too early for Aunt Teffy to be moving yet. And lay there until my alarm went off. So yeah, I'm going to move down to my mom's room and, uh, sleep in her bed and then I'll leave from my sister's place and head to California in the summer. Uh, I've been warned. I have packed accordingly. I pretty much packed every pair of, of shorts and tank top that I own. <laughs> um, skirts, because I can wear skirts as dresses because I'm short. So even if I wear a long skirt that goes from my waist to the floor, if I pull it up over my boobs, it still goes past my knees. So they work great as sundresses. Um, I can do that. And I like to wear skirts a lot in the summertime because I just, I do. They're flowy. They're airy. Um, I wear bicycle shorts uh, underneath because, you know, chub rub, <laughs> it's a thing. It is a thing. But um, I've packed all of my running stuff because now that the, all of the, the physical labor is done at my sister's, I'm going to get back on my couch to 5K running again. But I think this time I'm going to start over because I have missed like a month of like I should be done my couch to 5k it's only eight weeks long i started it in florida i should be done it by now but because um i missed um three weeks i'm just going to start over because i was struggling with it so i'm just going to start from the beginning again and do it again i mean why not there's a lot that says i can't i'm not actually training for a 5k so i'm just going to start it again so I can continue doing that while I'm at my sister's 
and I continue doing it while I'm in California. Um, I have to remember to pack my water bottle and my my cell phone pouch. But um, yeah, so I'm just I had to pack my shoes. So I have to repack everything tomorrow because I think I need a bigger suitcase. And although my big orange one is ratty looking and old, it's huge. I fit a small child into this suitcase and zipped it up and had room to spare. This is my suitcase that I would take camping and it would hold all of my clothes, my blankets, my pillows, my air mattress, like everything went into this suitcase. Everything. My toiletries. Because it's got like one, two, three, four pouches at the front, big ones. Everything went into this suitcase. So I'm going to repack. And who knows? I might end up bringing my orange suitcase and my big blue suitcase and my little blue suitcase and my purple suitcase. And, you know, I'm unloading my car. I'm driving. So it's not like I have to try and condense everything and leave something behind because I don't have room for it. If I want to bring it, I'm going to bring it. Why not? I just have to carry it down to my car. That's it. So, yeah, I'm kind of excited. Um, but I do have to remind myself to not pack everything I own. Just because I think it's really cool and I would like to share it with Dave doesn't mean I have to pack it. I can take a picture of it. Uh, yeah. And I'm thinking I might, you know, look into some craft shows and smaller expos and conventions and stuff and maybe rent a table and, you know, hawk my wares while I'm there. I have books to sell. Um, it'll be fun. I know a comic book shop that had offered to do uh, meet the author day for me. So I might, well, I'm going to definitely look into doing that. Um, I'm going to gear that more around the chosen because that's more kind of in that would fit better in that comic book genre than my historical romance would. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try and I want to do stuff. I'm going to have my own car while I'm there. So like I can do stuff and you know, the girls and I can do stuff and yeah, we're going to do stuff. I'm going to do stuff going to explore and do stuff. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. All right. We've been at, the, ow, at this for an hour. I'm getting abused by a dog and their feet. So I am going to move over to the weird and wonderful section of my podcast and share with you some weird news from uh, this week, maybe? I don't know. I have a few sites that I pulled up, like Odd News. Um, now, when was this? This was May 17th. Okay, so this might be new. Let me, let me read this. Uh, where did it start opening it? There. Okay, so truck hauling 35,000 pounds of eggs crashes on Dallas Freeway. Holy moly, that's a lot of omelets. I don't want to listen to the article. 35,000 pounds of eggs was split open 
when the driver, excuse me, quiet, the nerve, hundreds of cracked and smashed egg containers on the road, the truck driver was not injured in the crash, what did he crash into, uh, struck the overpass bridge, I thought, okay, you know what, remember back in the day when you'd be driving down the highway and you would see the signs, and it would tell you the trucks which lane they're supposed to be in so that they could clear the bridge. And 99.9% .9 of the time, there was always that one trucker that didn't pay attention and thought I could clear on the outside lanes and would get themselves wedged under the bridge. I thought they'd fixed all those bridges because you don't see those signs anymore. Apparently, in Fort Worth, Dallas, they have not. Because he clipped the, the overpass bridge and yeah. That's what took them out. So that's not really odd. I mean, it's just a truck full of eggs. That's a lot of eggs. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> a wonderful state of California. And you want Florida man news? Go to Florida. But you want pot news? Go to California. You know, California elementary school student shared skills like cannabis candy at recess. <laughs> Didn't they also have like a kid bring... Um, like those pre-mixed mojitos in the bottle or like pina coladas or something to school, like a cake, like a little six pack of them at lunchtime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> California fourth grade student shared cannabis infused candies with other students. Betcha they were gummies. <laughs> uh, ooh. All right, that's just, all right, I got to read this one because, you know, I have creepy dolls. Uh, well, no, I used to have a creepy doll. I have one creepy doll now, and she's in there behind Thor's hammer. Yep. Um, so, creepy dolls washing ashore on Texas. Okay, I'm just going to avoid Texas. We've got flying eggs and creepy dolls. See, I hate sites that do that, that just, like, start and, like, scare the crap out of me um all right so creepy nightmarish looking dolls sometimes covered in barnacles that grow out of the eyes are washing up along texas shores according to researchers who survey the area for sea life where the dolls came from is a mystery but the mission okay so i'm not sure because Kansas is pronounced a certain way and Arkansas is pronounced a certain way. And I'm not sure if this is pronounced Arensaw or Arancis. So, you know, some reserve has been collecting the scary figures as they find them along the 40-mile stretch of coastline. Jace Tunnel, director of the Mission Reserve at the University of Texas Marine Science Institute, told the Fort, well, here we are, we're in Fort Worth again. I'm just going to avoid Fort Worth. Do I go through Texas on my way to see you? I don't think I did. I think I go through a tip of it. We're going to stay away from Fort Worth. Often researchers are surveying the coast for sea turtles and other marine mammals when they encounter the dolls on the beach. We're actually doing scientific work, but the dolls are a perk. <laughs> oh, these are creepy. And like some of them have markers colored all over them. Um, oh, that's just like a deformed... LOL doll. I, those dolls are weird looking to begin with. Researchers comb the coastline from North Padre Island up to Matagorda twice per week collecting debris of all kind, including junk, in the process. 
You never know what we're going to find washing in. About twice a month, we find these crazy-looking dolls that are washing in. So far, the reserve has collected about 30 dolls, Tunnel said in a Facebook video in October. Some are missing arms or legs, and others have algae growing inside the eyes and mouth as well as barnacles. Some have clearly been chewed on. Awesome. <laughs> Great. Shark bait. An image of each one gets posted to the on the group's Facebook page, which has generated a substantial following since. The first figure discovered by researchers. <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was. The first figure discovered by researchers was a sex doll. <laughs> you know how people take their wives out for, you know, a, a, a moonlight cruise and they accidentally fall overboard? Maybe he had a fight with his doll. When Tunnel posted the image online, someone bought its head for 35 bucks. They bought the head of a sex I guess they'd worn out their head. Must have worn out the head on their sex doll, so they bought a new head. One that had been salt water washed. <laughs> so, you know, sort of semi-sterilized. For 35 bucks, the funds were donated to a sea turtle program. Sex saves the sea turtles. <laughs> Tunnel sells the dolls at a yearly fundraising auction. He's not sure what the people who purchase the dolls do with them, he said. Okay, come on, dude. You sold the head of a sex doll. What do you think he's doing with that? Pretty sure he doesn't have it on display in a curio cabinet. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Again. We're just going to avoid Fort Worth, Texas. Because, <laughs> you know. Um, okay, wait. Well, all I saw was Drunken Main Man and Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Here's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Drunken Main Man arrested after trying to hide from police under blanket. Is this an episode of Scooby-Doo, he asked. Okay, hold on. Don't you start and scare me. You're gonna there we go. Okay. So intoxicated man arrested for trespassing in Belfast, Maine. And he would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for Maine's Belfast Police Department. An intoxicated Maine man was arrested for trespassing early Monday after trying to hide from police under a blanket, authorities said. Officers responded around 9.30 p.m. Sunday to the Admiral Ocean Inn in Belfast for a report of a disturbance caused by a drunken man identified as Philip DeLude. <coughs> Police removed DeLude from the property and told him not to return or else he'd be arrested. There's a picture. Or else he'd be arrested. When police performed a sweep of the parking lot around 12.40 a.m., police said they found someone hiding in a chair with a blanket draped over themselves. He's sitting in a lawn chair with a blanket over him. Police pulled the blanket off to reveal the loot hiding underneath it, according to authorities. Here at Belfast Police Department, we have seen some crafty ways of hiding from the police. This, unfortunately, is not one of them. Facebook users poked fun at the poor hiding place. 
Wait, is this a Scooby-Doo episode? One user wrote. Another replied, he almost got away with it. <laughs> I mean, the picture is just... Uh, he's, he's got his bag sitting beside him, too. Yep. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Some people's children, I tell you. <laughs> well, that's a federal offense right there. Somebody arrest that wild turkey. Wild, aggressive turkey terrorizes nation's capital and slips across state lines into Maryland. <laughs> now a federal case. Yep. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. It's the write-up's kind of funny. Several. Okay. Wild, aggressive turkey terrorizes nation's capital, slips across state lines into Maryland. Several agencies are reportedly on its trail. Shush. A ferocious wild turkey. It's a bird. A ferocious wild turkey has been terrorizing residents in Washington, D.C. and Maryland while eluding multiple agencies who are on its trail. Residents have for months reported being attacked by a wild turkey, and officials believe it is the same male turkey responsible. Several of these attacks were reported on the Anacostia River Walk Trail near the D.C.-Maryland border. Cliff Robinson, 70, told the Wall Street Journal he was attacked on the trail. I was trying to get away from him, and then he came after me. He wouldn't let me pass. Another resident, Liz Poulette, told the paper she ended up in urgent care with puncture wounds and had to get a tetanus shot and antibiotics. When it was a few feet away, suddenly it jumped at me. Like some cartoon, I had to use my purse to beat it back. Dee Dee Farrell Fullerin, vocalist of the band Rare Essence, shared a video with DC's Fox 5 of a cyclist being harassed by a turkey. The cyclist can be seen timidly holding up her bike to fend off the animal. Can you help the cyclists? At the cyclist asks Fullerin, I'm coming now, Fullerin says. Fullerin told WSLS-TV he was also attacked by the bird. It's a scary situation, he said. Just riding along the pack, this gigantic turkey just jumps towards my face, almost knocked me off my bike, then proceeded to chase me around for five minutes. The attacks have been such an issue that authorities posted a sign with a picture of the wild turkey along the trail. Caution. Attacking a killer turkey, yep. Caution, do not approach wildlife. Dan Roch with the Department of Energy and Environment told DC Fox 5 there were more than 100 wild turkeys throughout the city but believes just one male is responsible for the attacks. The fowl is believed to have slipped across state lines, expanding the number of agencies on its trail, including DC's Department of Energy, Prince George's County Parks and Recreation Department, and the Maryland Department of Natural Resources. <laughs> Somebody's going to go out there with a shotgun and have a really good dinner. Although wild turkey's kind of gamey and a little tough. <laughs> well, that'll guarantee you have a good time at your wedding. Florida bride allegedly laces wedding food with pot. Grins as deputies arrive. Body cam shows. Kind of funny. Wait, what? Okay. This kind of caught my attention, and I'm not reading it for any political reason other than 
The title caught my attention. Easter Bunny whisks Biden away as he starts discussing Afghanistan. <laughs> oh my gosh, shut up. Yep, that's the caption, folks. That's what it says. And there is a picture of, of the Easter Bunny about to, like, wrap his arms. And it's a girl bunny. She's about to wrap her arms around President Biden. A person dressed in an Easter Bunny costume broadsided <laughs> President Biden Monday afternoon as he was answering a reporter's questions on Afghanistan and Pakistan. Thomas C. Dillon, a formal political advisor to UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson, shared a clip of the bizarre encounter on his Twitter page Monday. As the White House Easter egg roll was underway, Biden could be seen off to the side talking to a reporter. Pakistan should not and Afghanistan should be, President Biden could, can be heard saying before the Easter Bunny approaches. Oh, the Easter Bunny, someone can be heard saying off camera. The Easter Bunny gives the president a big wave to usher him away as a visibly annoyed Biden appears caught off guard. He was reportedly needed to kick off another round of the egg rolling competition by blowing a whistle. Joe Biden quickly interrupted by the Easter Bunny after he starts to comment on Afghanistan and Pakistan at the White House Easter egg roll, Dylan tweeted. It remains unclear who was inside the bunny suit. <laughs> Pretty sure it was somebody for the Secret Service. <laughs> you know, I almost want to watch the video now. I'm watching the video. Y'all can hear it. Ah! Easter Bunny jumps right in front of the camera. Goes like this. What even deserves it? No, no, shut up, shut up. <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, all right. Where are we going now? <sighs> Let's see. Well, that page just looks too irritating to try and figure out. Um, see, I just typed in crazy people news, and this is what I got. All right, so let's see. <laughs> well, you know, odd, bizarre, and incredibly weird news stories from around the world. Uh, this Georgia woman was just charged with faking a pregnancy to get paid time off. Okay. Ew! Oh, grizzly 18th century love note sewn with human hair to be displayed at London Museum. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Archaeologists believe they discovered the tomb of Santa Claus. Yes, children, Santa Claus is dead. They found his grave. Um. Oh, you want me to read that one? All right. My live studio audience says to read that one. My co-host is snoring. Okay. A team at St. Nicholas Church of Demur, Turkey, has found an intriguing shrine beneath the floors, previously unseen due to the tiled floor's intricate mosaic. 
He must have be he must be because according to archaeologists in Turkey, they found his grave. Wait a minute. What about oh new Christmas theory? Santa is a ghost. He must be because according to archaeologists in Turkey, they found his grave buried beneath Saint Nicholas Church at the town of Demir. For centuries, the location of the grave of Saint Nicholas of Myra, the inspiration for the modern day Santa Claus, has been contested. Historical records have claimed that he was buried at the church that bears his name, but extensive searches of the ground revealed nothing of substance. Meanwhile, many believed that his remains had been smuggled out of the church by Italian merchants during medieval times. After all, there was an empty grave in the building that had clearly been looted, and the body of a man thought to be St. Nicholas was laid to rest in Italy during the Crusades. However, the head of Anna Antalya, Antalya's Monument Authority. Why do people have to have such weird names? Semel Karabayara told the local news that he and his team had found a shrine beneath the floors of St. Nicholas Church, previously unseen due to the tiled floor's intricate mosaic. He said that they found the shrine during a routine survey. They uncovered what they believed to be a tomb which may hold the remains of the real St. Nicholas. As for the man laid to rest in Italy, some experts now say that those remains may belong to another person, and the grave once thought to hold St. Nicholas may have held someone else. Well, if it's not holding St. Nicholas, it obviously is holding somebody else. Though the discovery has yet to be proven via excavation, Carabayarum is determined to follow through with the next step even though it will be a long, tedious, and complicated process to complete. Wow. We believe this shrine has not been damaged at all, but it is quite difficult to get to it as there are mosaics on the floor, he said. Each tile will need to be removed one by one so the floor can be returned to its present glory. Still, Karabayam, yeah, whatever, remains optimistic that he will find St. Nicholas. <clears throat> he plans to hire a new team comprised of scientists with eight different specialties to work at the site. The groundwork has already begun, begun, and the dude with the weird name says that people will hopefully unearth the shrine's secrets soon. Many locals will, would likely be thrilled by the discovery as St. Nicholas remains a strong fixture in the area. Another church in the town even plays host to a Santa Claus museum. And a sarcophagus... sarcophagus Sarcophagus, aha, here we go, pays tribute to the famed saint. A fourth century Greek bishop, St. Nicholas of Myra, was revered, revered, wow, for his generosity, especially towards children. He was known for popularizing the tradition of leaving secret gifts for loved ones around the holidays. This gave rise to the Dutch legend of Sinterklaas, and later, Santa Claus. It's little wonder why St. Nicholas is one of the most famous Christian figures of all time. But while much has been said about his life and legends, little is known for sure about his death. And only time will tell whether we get a full answer about his final resting place. But without one thing's for sure, if the recent discovery of his real grave is confirmed, then the history books will certainly need to be updated. Yep, sorry kids, Santa Claus is dead. Just so you know, he's a ghost. And I've always taught my children about the spirit of Christmas. They will be pleased to know Mama did not lie. <laughs> to send that to my kids. Anyway, I think that is going to be it for tonight. Ooh, dude. 
California dad loses part of his skull after drinking too many energy drinks. Like, he's got, like, you could, it's like a, you could put a bowling ball in there, like a little one. It's just not right. Of course, California. Has to be California. Y'all are crazy over there with your energy drinks. A Cape Cod diver was just swallowed and spit out by a humpback whale. Okay. London YouTuber claims to have been abducted by aliens and fallen in love with one of them. Well, all right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Giant Noah's Ark replica is stranded in the UK because British authorities don't believe it's seaworthy. Well, if it rains for 40 days and 40 nights, they'll find out. It's London. It could very well rain for 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> Leopard escape cover-up at Chinese Zoo yields hunt with a thousand drones in sky and a hundred chickens as bait. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> we're going to say goodnight, folks. Um, yeah, there's weird news, strange things all over the place. All right, everybody. Next week, I should be in the climbs of Grimsby podcasting from my mother's old room or her living room. Or if I'm lucky, poolside. But the heater hasn't been fixed yet. So it looks pretty. And it's nice and clear. And the water is swimmable. But unless it's 110 degrees outside, I am not sticking my big toe in that water. Because that water is only about 50 degrees. So, no. <laughs> it's cold. So, all right, everybody. Have a good week. Stay out of trouble. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Don't lick shit. Oh, and I'm, all right. So my live studio audience has told me that I'm supposed to tell you where you can find me. Not like I'm hard to find. You can find me on Facebook at Lupus Bits, the podcast. Come follow me over there. And every week my podcasts are posted on there and you can click one of two links. You can either go to the page and click it or it'll start automatically. You can find me on my author page at Stephanie J. Barty or, you know, my personal profile page, Lupa Barty, all on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Lupa B or Lupa's Bits the Podcast or Dark Myth Publications or the World of Myth Magazine or Myth Mart. I'm all over the place. You can find me on TikTok at Lady Luhu. Or uh, Lupus Bits, the TikTok. <laughs> or you can just email me. Um, but I don't remember what. I made an email. <laughs> yeah, I did. I made an email for Lupus Bits, the podcast. Do you think I remember what the heck the email is? No. Why would I remember what the email is? I'm pretty sure it's Lupa's Bits, but I don't know. You can email me at lupabardi at gmail.com. Um, but other than that, oh, wait, ha ha. See, I'm a smart girl some days. Okay, so you can email me at 
lupasbits, L-U-P-A-S-B-I-T-S at gmail.com. And why don't we just log into that right now and see if anybody's actually emailed me. Who knows? I could have some emails in there. Uh, what do we got? We got nothing. All right. But that's all right. Because I haven't been telling you where to go. So, um, yeah. So, L-U-P-A-S-B-I-T-S at gmail.com. Email me. Tell me how much you hate me or how much you love me or, you know, whatever. Just email me. Go away. Stop. Exit. I don't know what you were downloading. It was doing something weird. Okay, folks, I'm out of here. I will talk to you all next week. Have a good one. Stay out of trouble. Be kind and see ya. Carry on my way, well, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.